Alright folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am very excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the Los Angeles Lakers final score 132 to 126. Uh, Not the score I think a lot of people were hoping for after halftime, but Denver got it done. Not not the most important thing in the world to uh, always blow out the other team. Uh, The series is going to go long. I I think it'll probably go longer than the five games that I predicted based off of uh, what I watched tonight, but uh, we will see what, what ultimately happens, but still a great opportunity for Denver to get the job done tonight. Uh, good to see the Nuggets show up in droves tonight. Uh, Jamal Murray showed up. Nikola Jokic was unbelievable. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., KCP. Uh, talked about KCP as the as the X factor for the Nuggets, and, and that certainly bore out. That was pretty cool, but uh, we will have plenty to talk about on this episode. We'll go over the starters in the first segment. We'll go over the non-Jokic kind of bench lineups in the second segment uh, and different things that went on there. And then in the third segment, we'll, we'll cover a variety of things, uh, most notably uh, the first half versus second half kind of adjustments or uh, the Rui Hachimura adjustment as well. Uh, there, there's there's obviously plenty to go over from this game, but first... Uh, folks, we got to talk about Nikola Jokic. Like, there is nobody else that, that you got to start with over Nikola at this point. Uh, what he was able to do was unbelievable. What he was able to do in this game was very, very impressive. And I, I do think that there were some things that the Lakers did on the other end that took advantage of him. That, like, I think AD had 40 points. Like, I, I don't want to gloss over that. It's not like, like AD showed up as well, but also. Like you had AD having forty, and he was clearly the second best big man on the floor tonight. It was act, it was very clear, and that very rarely happens. That's a, a very impressive aspect of this. But Jokic, everything that he was chucking up there was doing extremely well. He was making just about everything. Thirty four points in forty two minutes, twelve of seventeen from the field, three of three from three, and seven of eight from the line. Uh, that is an incredible line. It's basically 70% from the field, 100% from three, and 87 from the line. That's uh, that's unbelievable. And uh, when we talked about this leading up to the actual game. Uh, what was this matchup going to look like? Was Jokic going to be able to match up with AD? Was he going to be able to show up in this moment and prove that that matchup one-on-one was, was a joke? And, and I, I think he kind of did. I think that... For the most part, Davis really struggled to contain him, and the numbers really bear that out. Uh, On top of the incredible shooting, he also had 21 rebounds and 14 assists and a couple blocks, including I think think both of those were in the first half on Anthony Davis. And so these are very important data points within the series, within the the beginning of this. It is very nice to be able to see that. Uh, in, in a series, I, I'm not sure that everybody thought that Jokic was going to be able to keep up with AD at various points. I think that everybody thought, okay, Jokic is the best player in the series, but a lot of it is because of the holistic uh, qualities that he puts up there. If AD puts up 40 points and Jokic puts up 34, in addition to the passing that he's already putting up there, that's a win for Denver. In my opinion, that's a win. They'll have to to clamp down on Davis just a little bit, but this was awesome for like this this was awesome 
start for Jokic. This was like the three that he hit at the end of the third quarter was completely insane. Uh, the Some of the plays that he's making where he's just driving around AD, he's dribbling through AD, where he's shooting over AD, uh, he's doing just about everything in those moments where Davis was helpless. Like the, the, the three at the end of that third quarter, the Sambor shuffle kind of like step back Sambor a little, not not quite Sambor. Like I think the, the shot before that he had at the end of the third quarter was a little bit different. But if uh, like if this is what it's going to be for this series, then if they're not going to be able to put Jokic, like or if they're not going to be able to put AD on Jokic in this series, that helps Denver a lot. It absolutely does. And the Nuggets will have to figure various things out. They'll have to get a little bit more creative with some of their own defensive adjustments for sure. But the first step was breaking their plan A. And the Nuggets broke plan A tonight for the Lakers. They, they thought that they could at least try to see what Davis would give in those one-on-one matchups without helping a ton. There were certainly opportunities to help, and, and they doubled at various points, even with Davis on Jokic. And Jokic made the right plays. He made the right passes. He had 14 assists, and he did have five turnovers. And I think the fourth quarter was a, a pretty large indication of where this series is going to go in general. I think the Rui Hachimura will probably start in game two, and we will have to talk about that for sure. But if they do figure that out, which I, I, I have zero reason to believe that they won't, if they figure that out, then this series could be over quicker than expected, as opposed to the long series that many people predicted. So great stuff from Jokic. He was absolutely unbelievable. And that's a very, very important aspect of this series to win that big man battle. Even when AD has 40 points, it was pretty clear that he was the second best big in the series. So pretty, pretty cool. Jamal Murray was sick again uh, over this weekend and dealing with an ear infection, according to according to him. Uh, Michael Malone said that he he didn't know exactly what he was going to be able to give. He knew that he would play, but not necessarily what he would be able to give. And said he wasn't surprised that Jamal always steps up in these moments. And and how could anybody be surprised for the Nuggets and and for this for this fan base? I, I think that every time that the Nuggets have needed Murray to be good, he has been good or great. And that's a a very exciting aspect of this. That rather than it just being Jokic in this game. Jokic had 34 points on 12 of 17. Unbelievable efficiency, unbelievable shooting, but only took taking 17 shots. It means that there are other shots up for grabs, and Denver's got to have other guys to fill in the gaps there. And they did. They absolutely did. Jamal being the chief among them. 31 points for Jamal, 12 of 20 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 3 of 3 from the line, had 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, and a block. Uh was only a plus three in his 37 minutes because there, there were some things that he did well in that, especially in that first half where uh was was awesome uh playing his role and, and didn't didn't really take that over that much in that first half, but really started to get it going in the third quarter. Unfortunately, LeBron is now like he is trying to hunt Jamal Murray. And Jamal had five fouls and it actually would have had a sixth foul if the Nuggets did not, uh, if they did not call a challenge to move one of Murray's fouls to Jokic, which is something that you would never see. But Murray collected his fifth foul with about seven and a half minutes to go or so. And uh, Michael Malone decides to challenge it and, and, and it's ultimately shifted to Murray or it's ultimately shifted to Jokic. But 
Uh, that's a matchup that Denver's going to have to figure out. They're, they can't keep switching that as easily as they did Jeff Green on the court a lot of that time. And they would switch Murray onto LeBron, who would then immediately post him up and try to get some good offense out of it. And mostly he did. Uh, LeBron only had 26 points on 9 of 16 from the field, but 8 of 11 from the free throw line. Had 9 assists compared to 3 turnovers. It was a good LeBron game, not a great LeBron game. And I I think that's a a strong indication that Denver, they won a game where LeBron James and Anthony Davis combined for 66 points. That's a big, big deal because the Lakers do have other guys that can step up, namely Austin Reeves, who I talked about in my my article today. Uh, But look, Murray stepped up in a big time way. Denver needed some of that shot making to take the pressure off of Jokic. And with as much attention as AD's playing, uh, paying to... Jokic, there's just only so much that he can do about Murray. And Murray just then has to deal with Dennis Schroeder or Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell or guys like that. So thought he managed that really well. And that's a that's a great sign for what's to come for the Nuggets in the rest of the series, too. Michael Porter Jr. I thought that Michael Porter had a really good game. I thought that I thought in general that Denver didn't need him a ton from a shot-making perspective. He didn't take a ton of shots. He was only 6 of 12 from the field and 3 of 6 from 3, but he made the shots that he needed to take, 50% from the field, 50% from 3. But the key indicator here was the the defensive plays and the hustle plays. Those are the extra things that you don't necessarily expect from Porter all the time, but he was able to give that in this matchup, and it gave them the biggest edge. He was plus 20 in his 35 minutes, which means that the Nuggets were minus 14 in the 13 minutes that he sat. So Denver's probably got to cut down on the number of minutes that Michael Porter sits. He's a a very important piece for what they're doing. And I thought he played good defense in this one. I thought that guys like Austin Reeves and Schroeder and and Russell and uh, even LeBron, when when they went at Michael Porter, they didn't have as much much success as when they went at Murray or when they went at Jokic or when they went at uh, hell. Christian Brown or Jeff Green off the bench. Like the Denver had like Denver had more success with Porter out there than just about anybody else tonight. And part of that is just the ancillary stuff that he's able to do around what Jokic and Murray are doing, but you need a third guy. And and, and he stepped up like that in a lot of important ways. Now he wasn't the third leading scorer in this game, and we'll get to KCP in just a little bit here, but the play that everybody pointed out was the one where uh, Michael Porter got onto the floor and dove for the loose ball. That was a big loose ball right right in the like the three-minute range, the two-and-a-half-minute range of the fourth quarter. Game was getting close and contentious at that point, and the Nuggets were able to dig that out because Michael Porter got on the ground, and, and he was able to dig that out. Ball outletted to, Michael, uh, to Jamal Murray, and he lobs it up to Aaron Gordon for a big dunk, a, a big alley-oop in transition, and that's just such a big momentum shifter for Denver, and they were able to take advantage of that for sure. So really excited about where this takes Denver and, and like what they can what they can expect from Porter going forward. But they got the 15 points and 10 rebounds, two assists and two blocks game from him. Had a couple chase down blocks on the perimeter, which is really, really cool. He's got a, a really good handle on what to do in this series so far. And we will see if that continues in game two. KCP, as I mentioned, was the third 
uh, the third scorer. And, and as I wrote about today about KCP, I wrote about 1,600 words or so on why I thought that Contavious Caldwell-Pope was the X factor of this series. Because I expect Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic and even Michael Porter to step up and play their roles. What I didn't know was what KCP was going to be able to bring. I, I thought that he like he wasn't a, a massive offensive boost guy during the, the previous two series. He was kind of an ancillary player who mostly dealt with defending the opposing team's best guard. And that was Devin Booker and Anthony Edwards. I didn't know whether he was going to have a good matchup for this one. What he did do was he shut down D'Angelo Russell. Russell barely, like, barely used in this game. 26 minutes, 4 of 11 from the field for 8 points, uh, 3 assists, one, 1 turnover, but didn't have any other impact outside of that. It was a minus 25 and was the only guy kind of in that Lakers rotation that didn't kind of get back out there for the rest of the game. They decided to close with Hashimura as well as the, the two guards and, and LeBron and AD, and that was a much better fitting lineup for them. Uh, is D'Angelo Russell going to get benched? I, I don't know. Like they, they may decide to go to Russell as the one and then bench Schroeder and, and start Hachimura. But either way, KCP, that was a big deal for him to force the Lakers into that switch, to force the Lakers to make that decision. And, and he did a great job with it. Uh, I also think hey, 21 points on 9 of 17 from the field. There's nothing fake about that. He was stepping up and hitting big shots and off of kickouts from Jokic and DHOs. And uh, any time the Nuggets needed a big play, KCP was there to answer. 21 points, three assists, two steals, one block. Really great stuff from him. Second leader in plus minus a plus 16. And just an, another great performance for, for one of Denver's most important guys. I think that the... I think that the key in this series might be to always have one of KCP or Michael Porter on the floor as a floor spacer because the Lakers love to crash. They love to get into the paint defensively. And if you have Porter out there, you can't leave him. If you have KCP out there, clearly you can't leave him now. So that should be a big deal. It's one of the reasons why I don't like what Denver did with their bench lineup and why I think they might have to make some adjustments with the Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon look. So we will just have to see, but really cool to see KCP hitting a couple of crucial threes, as Cedric mentions in the chats. Uh, it's It was a big, big time. Uh, and Michael Talley asked, well, uh, that scoop shot over AD, uh, that was that was in a clutch moment too. KCP stepping up at that moment in a clutch moment where Denver didn't really know what they wanted to do offensively. That's a big deal. Finally, uh, Aaron Gordon, not the most impactful game, and he went four of eight from the free throw line, which I'm sure probably didn't help uh, the final score. I think, look, the Lakers go 23 of 26. They outshoot Denver from the free throw line. Not really a surprise, <laughs> but the fact that they're doing that on the road, not a great sign either. Uh, but they they got a lot of calls, and and. Gordon got a lot of calls. He went to the line for eight free throws, and he can't miss four of them. He's back to missing those. That's a big deal. Uh, but I, I give him a pass. He has to guard LeBron. He has to guard AD, mostly LeBron in this one. I think that Denver might try to come up with some ways to have him guard AD instead, uh, try to be a, a more physical presence on him than what Jokic was able to be, especially in that second half. But I do think that like AD has to show, or AG has to show up big in this series. That dunk, uh, the alley-oop was really, really huge. Had a couple of different free throws uh, that, that were big at various points. But uh, 0 of 3 from 3 tonight, 
that's a thing that the Lakers are going to live with. And then AG has to be able to make them pay. Uh, he's he's got to be able to hit at least one or two of those because they're wide open shots. So we will see what it looks like. But for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench and, and everything that happened with the non-Jokic lineups as well. But first, folks, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. As I totally forgot to copy over the ad once again. Here it is. Uh, bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in app stores. Enter the promo code MILEHIGH and you'll get 250 bucks, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We will be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and roll Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate you guys staying up with me on this uh, now Wednesday morning. It's 1225. Uh, the, the game was very late, uh, given given that it started at 630 or was supposed to start at 630. I think it ended up starting at about 645. Went until about 930. That's when I, I finally got down into the media room. Uh, that's that's a that's a long game, and, and we're gonna have some some different flexibility stuff that, that we're gonna have to figure out in terms of when to record this podcast after games. Given that I have to write an article after, so uh, make sure to read that when you can, and also make sure to give this a like if you're listening on the YouTube side. Uh, if you are, and also subscribe to the My Life Sports channel. We are growing this bad boy. I remember when this thing had only, only had like 500 subs, and now we're up to 1.8k. Uh, 1300 over the course of about four months. That's a, that's a great sign of growth, and it's all thanks to you guys. So thank you so much for doing so. All right, let's now return to the bench lineup. Uh, I don't have the plus minuses here. Uh, oh, God. Here. I don't have the plus minuses here. That's hilarious. Uh, I'm going to go look up the lineup data for this one uh, just in this game, just to see whether we can figure it out for this game alone. Uh, all playoff rounds, conference finals, get stats. Okay, this group, the Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green lineup was a minus five in their tw- in their six minutes. Uh, the starters were plus eight. The Murray, uh, the Murray-less starting lineup, uh, Brown in place of Murray was plus seven. Uh, one of the lineups that actually really struggled in this one was the Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, Nikola Jokic lineup. I'm not surprised about that one. That one was a minus eight. Denver probably can't go to that. The, the three bench guys plus Murray and Jokic, probably not in this particular matchup. They need a little bit more defense, need a little bit more length and athleticism than what the Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Jeff Green combo is actually dishing out there. But I do think that this group is probably going to have to shift at some point during this series. Now, maybe Denver just keeps winning, and, and maybe Michael Malone doesn't feel like he has to change that much. But 
I look at this group and I looked at the game that Jeff Green and Christian Brown both had, and I'm wondering, okay, Jamal, Bruce, like those guys are going to show up. AG is going to have some time as well. Does Denver need more spacing there? Do they need guys that can, that can space a little bit more? And do they need maybe a bigger body out there like a Zeke Naji, somebody who can who can space the not space, but like can be a little bit of a bigger matchup against LeBron as opposed to Jeff Green and, and maybe not give up the switches often. Now, I don't know what's going to ultimately happen with that. I, I think that one of the issues with not changing up the rotation in the first two rounds was that it didn't give Denver a lot of ability to try guys. And the last time that we have seriously watched somebody like a Zeke Naji or a Vlako Chanchar or even a Peyton Watson uh, was early April. And now it's over a month ago. So that's a, that's a really tough place to be. But I do think that if this bench lineup is going to show up, then it's got to it's gotta happen. It starts with Jamal Murray and Bruce Brown. Of course, those guys are going to be the leaders of that group. Bruce Brown, ye freaking haw. That's what I have here. Uh, was great in this game. Was absolutely impressive in this game. 16 points in 24 minutes. I think 14 of those came in the first half alone. Really quieted in the second half. Not as much, not as involved in some of those plays. Uh, not necessarily his fault. I, I do think that Denver just kind of went back to Jokic pretty quickly. They had a couple of plays where Christian Brown probably should have, have done a little bit better at various points. Jeff Green a little bit better at various points, but uh, Bruce Brown was great in this one and, and stepping up at a big point, 16 points, six of 11 for the field, one of one from three, three of three from the line. Uh, I think that three came in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. It, it wouldn't surprise me if I'm wrong about that, but I think it came in the second quarter and his ability to put on the turbo in transition, it, it helped Denver get the lead that they did. Uh, the plus minus, he's, he's only a minus five in his 24 minutes. I think that a lot of that was more due to overlap than anything, uh, but he was great. He was absolutely great in this one, stepped up where Denver needed him to. He's a great point guard to play next to Nikola Jokic because he can go downhill but he can also play off ball and cut and screen and do all of the things that you need a Jokic-led offense to do. Uh, it was it was really good to see. And, and he he has just been so impressive with this team and deserves so much credit for stepping up in a big way. That's, that's what you have to do in this group. Um, Tom, what's going on, bro? Uh, you, you, you okay in the comments, Tom? I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I just watched... I watched them have a 20-point lead and it condensed down to down to a three-point lead. So uh, chill out, Tom. Um all right. Yeah, no, let's let's like Bruce was great. Bruce was very, very impressive in this one, deserves a ton of credit for his ability to step up and has stepped up the entire playoff round. So that is a great thing to see. And then Denver's gonna need more, uh, not just from him, but from other guys. But it's great that that Bruce has showed up in game one and he continues to show up in a big, big way. Next is Jeff Green. Uh, Jeff did not play well. Jeff had a really tough one. There were a couple of moments towards the end of his second stint that he was able to make work. Uh, hit a three where Anthony Davis was guarding him, was sagging into the paint. They had already started the Rui Hachimura. We are going to switch you on to Jokic and you're going to guard in the post. And uh, Aide and Anthony Davis was going to switch on to... Jeff Green and, and kind of roam off of him and dare Jeff Green to make threes. 
Now, Jeff only attempted one three, and he made it. Uh, one of one. That's that's an important piece of this. Uh, Jeff also grabbed an offensive rebound. That's that's a big piece of this, too. Didn't grab any defensive rebounds. Didn't really make any other major defensive plays. I uh, had, had a, one play that I can remember where he switched on to Anthony Davis in the post and forced a miss. Uh, but he's got to find other ways to impact the game. It, it cannot just be... Uh, it can't just be the occasional three. He has to find ways to involve himself a little bit more and do it from a healthier perspective and do it from a, a more consistent perspective. Uh, he was the weak link in, in this game tonight, other than maybe Murray defensively being switched on to LeBron or uh, maybe Christian Brown. But for for me, Jeff is the guy that they are going to target him. They're going to put a lot of pressure on him in the rest of this series to keep keep stepping up, keep doing his job. And he has done his job to this point. I, I think that if he is your weakest link, either him or Christian, then you're actually doing something okay because like he's, he's pretty stable for the most part and, and will do what he's asked, especially from a, a defensive schematic standpoint. So he's got to be able to step up in those moments, uh, whether it's keeping attached to LeBron, whether it's switching on to AD, whether it's not giving an inch to Rui Hachimura, guys like that, Denver's going to need to figure that out, and, and they're going to need everything from Jeff in, in the rest of this series. He's, he's just got to step up in those moments, and uh, it's one of the reasons why it's, it's tough that Denver hasn't uh, really experimented with a lot of other guys because they could use uh, another jolt of energy. Whether they're going to get that or not remains to be seen. Christian Brown, also just not a good game from Christian. And and that's fine. Like, look, bright lights. Uh, he he had stepped up in a lot of big ways against Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Uh, but if you remember back to my sit-down conversation with Christian specifically, uh, his GOAT is LeBron. Like, that's the guy that, that he looks up to when he thinks about playoffs, when he thinks about these environments. And it's no surprise that he struggled a little bit in game one of the Western Conference Finals going up against LeBron James. Like, that's the guy who he sees all of the time. LeBron is sagging off of him, daring Christian Brown to shoot, and Christian missed a couple of those threes. He's going to have to make them. He's going to have to find ways to involve himself. He's going to have to find ways to get involved on the glass a little bit more, grab one rebound when he probably could have done more, uh, did have a block, and, and that's that's a good defensive play to be able to add to the repertoire, but he was a minus 16 in his 12 minutes. Denver cannot lose those minutes by minus 16. Like, that that just cannot happen. They've got to be better than that. Now, it's not all on him. There are other aspects to the lineup that, that will continue to stand out for me, but I do think that that's something that Denver's got to figure out. Is it going to be just Murray in those situations trying to create and then, hey, Christian Brown's open, we'll, we'll, shoot, we'll have him shoot the ball. If it's Bruce Brown, we'll have him shoot the ball. I don't know. I don't know what that's ultimately going to look like, but Denver needs him. If, if he's going to be a part of that, if he's going to be a big piece of this, he's got to hit his shots. He has to be aggressive without fouling on both ends of the floor. He got hit with an and one uh, by Anthony Davis in the post. I don't think that Christian defended that play particularly well. I think he can do that better, uh, but he he has an opportunity to step up. Denver needs him to step up in this moment. Or else they might decide to look, hey, we, we need a little bit more size. Let's throw out Peyton Watson in that spot as opposed to Christian Brown. Uh, maybe it's Flacco. Maybe it's, I don't know, Zeke Nagy. And then they decide to go bigger. 
Uh, we're going to have to find out. Like there, there's a lot that Denver can try. There's a lot that Denver can do, but they've, they've got the, the flexibility to be able to do it. Um, but hey, it's better to talk about these things in a win as opposed to a loss. Uh, that's that's the most important aspect of this. And uh, like 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 uh, what's his face said, Tom said, like it's better to be down in a win than up in a loss because like this is the playoffs we're talking about. You've got to be you got to be smart. You have to be figuring it out. We're going to see what ultimately happens with this. But Denver, they they got the job done, and, and they can. Like we can be a little bit more critical because they got the job done. That's that's a that's an important piece of this. So, all right, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to discuss a couple of other questions that I have. I, I know it's pretty late, and I'm probably not going to stay up and do a full like hour or anything like that. That's that's just not what's going to happen. But I'll I'll take some questions as well from the chat in that moment. So we'll have we'll have plenty of time to discuss all of this going forward. But first. Uh, this podcast, as you know, uh, we are associated with Mile High Sports. Like, this is the Mile High Sports podcast. And uh, here at Mile High Sports, we've got a lot of radio shows. I, I went on with Sean and Sandy earlier today. Those guys were great. But we also have Afternoon Drive with Anilo uh, Piro and Cody Work. Excuse me. Uh, I, I uh, am stuttering because it is late and I am tired. Uh, are you guys looking to add a new sports talk show to your daily mix? Make sure to check out Afternoon Drive with Anilo and Cody each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Mile High Sports. Those guys do great stuff. They bring a fresh perspective to the Denver sports landscape with revolving conversation about all of Colorado sports teams, along with the trending topics across the world of sports. You can stream Afternoon Drive with AP and Rourke on the Mile High Sports app milehighsports.com, and listen to 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3, and much more. If you miss an episode two, no worries. Just search Afternoon Drive with Anil Apiro and Cody Rourke wherever you get your podcast. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. segment pickaxe and roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in appreciate all the love and support on the pod uh give us a like if you're in the chat just hanging hanging out on a uh in the midnight hour uh having a lot of fun uh we've got a lot of folks hanging out this is great great to see uh cedric uh says Jokic blowing by and dunking on ad was the best and the block is a close second uh flow Responds with, I think the buzzer beater three was my favorite play. Uh, they were both great. It's it's so funny to see Jokic surprise people with the speed and with the athleticism that he has. Uh, Jamal actually said on the podium today, he can jump higher than you guys think he can. He can. Uh, that's definitely uh, something that, that he can do. And I, I think it takes a lot of people by surprise. Uh, but uh, Wabaka Jokic says... The Jokic wrap around dime to KCP was my fave. Uh, I tend to agree on that one. I think that that was the one where I'm like, okay, they're not losing. Like he's he's just in such control because it was a double, and then KCP kind of cuts a little bit late, and Jokic throws the pass late, but nobody knew where that thing was going. Least of all the guys on the weak side, which is hilarious. 
Uh, also, shout out to Wabaka's uh, profile picture. That is amazing. Uh, has a uh, a Joel Embiid missing person poster, which I think is very apt because we are in the conference finals. Uh, but all right, let's talk about this. Uh, if you have any questions in the chat, drop them now about game one. Uh, I saw some pop up at the beginning of the show, but I do want to go over a couple of these things. Drop your questions in the chat if you're interested. First, though, I want to talk about was the first or the second half more real? Which one was more indicative of what the series is going to look like going forward? Uh, because I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I think what what the second half was to me was the Lakers admitting that they made a mistake in that first half and trying to make some game two adjustments in game one. Usually you'll see coaches wait. Usually you'll see coaches when, when they say, hey, we're going to, we're going to try Anthony Davis on Jokic. That's that's what's going to happen. Usually, if you've got a guy like Anthony Davis, you're not going to move him off of that as quickly as they did. They they did it in the fourth quarter of this game, and it nearly helped. Like it, it really helped them out. So we'll see what it ultimately looks like in game two. I'm, I assume that that's going to happen a ton more, and, and that'll be something that they have to do. But I tend to think that the first half was more real, just because if you're the Nuggets, like. You blitzed them. You were absolutely the best team on the floor in that first half. And the fact that the Lakers, who people are talking about Denver's shooting splits, the Lakers shot 55-46-88 in this game. They only turned the ball over seven times. The one thing that you can say is that they didn't grab enough offensive rebounds to take advantage of the possessions where they did actually miss. Denver grabbed 15 offensive rebounds and had plenty of second chance points that made up for it. Denver also got up more threes. The Lakers only shot 24 total threes in this game, made 11 of them. Uh, that's something that they, they started firing them up a little bit more in the second half. Obviously, Austin Reeves caught fire. Dennis Schroeder went two of two. Anthony Davis went one of one. You don't have to expect those things going forward. I, I think that some some of those guys are going to miss too. And, and Rui was one of one. Like th- Some of these things are also going to even out. So Denver's hot shooting in the first half doesn't necessarily – mean that the Lakers are like, not everybody's going to shoot as hot in this series as, as they did in this game, but it might, like, it, it might sustain at least overall. We're, we're just going to have to see what it looks like, but I do think that the, I think the first half was more real, and the second half, Denver clearly let off the gas defensively in that third quarter, and then the fourth quarter, the Lakers just capitalized on that momentum. We're like, hey, we're actually a really good team, and we're just going to try to chip away, and, and they did. Credit to them. They absolutely deserve to be in that game by the end. Uh, but I think that the Lake, uh, the Nuggets let them back into the game in the first place. That probably should not have happened. Um, all right. Let's see some of these other questions. Uh, Michael Talley asks, what ways do you think the Nuggets will try and respond to putting Rui on Jokic and letting AD play free safety? Uh, what I will say is that I am going to discuss this plenty in depth on... Uh, on tomorrow night's podcast, I'm going to be chatting with Harrison Fagan, who's done some work for SB Nation and Silver Screen and Roll with the Lakers. He's very Lakers focused, uh, does a great job of, of having uh, open, honest and, and pretty neutral takes in, in a lot of these ways. So you guys aren't going to hate him. But we're going to we're going to have that show on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time. So make sure to take a look at that. We'll talk about all of these adjustments then as well. But my initial assessment here is that the Nuggets, with this Rui Hachimura thing, I expected him to play more. I'm surprised that they didn't 
do this. I'm surprised that they. Uh, I'm surprised that this it took them this long. I thought that this would be a game one thing for them. I did not think that Vanderbilt was a good option at the four. I did not think that going small was a good option. I think that that bore out. The minutes where Schroeder, Russell, and Reeves all played together were not good. They were much better when they had two of those guys on the floor, as well as two forwards and a big. Uh, whether that actually happens or not going forward, we'll just see. But I think that the the Lakers are going to start Rui. And once they do that, they're going to have the flexibility to go to Rui on Jokic a little bit more consistently and have AD roam off of Aaron Gordon. We will see what that ultimately looks like. It didn't go well for Denver in the fourth quarter, but Denver had geared up for Anthony Davis going one-on-one. I'm not sure whether they were ready for it. Like, I'm surprised that if if I were the Lakers, I would have started Hachimura and gone to that initially after talking about Anthony Davis being the, the primary matchup on Jokic. That's what I would have done. They didn't do that. They lost game one, I think, as a result. The Lakers will try to come back with it, and then they'll try to have Hachimura out there, maybe in the starting lineup. I think that what the Nuggets will do in that case, there will be times where they decide to go small and they'll take AG off the court. You can't do that entirely because you need him to be the primary defender on LeBron James. But, 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 LeBron, I'm okay if you force him to go for 40. If you force him to work in the post consistently, if you're trying to tire him out at altitude, if they decide that, hey, we need to take, uh, we need to take AG off the floor and replace him with a floor spacer. Somebody like, well, it could just be Murray, Bruce Brown, KCP, Michael Porter, Jokic. And then you have Michael Porter defend LeBron. They may not decide to do that. They may decide, hey, we want KCP on LeBron, but we'll just have to see. I think that spacing it out and making AD cover more ground uh, and have to recover back to the opposite corner as opposed to the opposite block is a really big deal. Now, part of that is just putting AG in the opposite corner as opposed to like having him hang around the dunker spot. Jokic was trying to thread those passes through underneath and they weren't getting through because the Lakers were doing a good job with all the arms and limbs and athleticism that they have. Like they were able to block up and clog some of those those passing lanes. Denver needs clearer passing lanes. If if the Lakers are going to clog up the paint, Denver has to be more perimeter oriented. Jokic is going to have to pick and pop for three. He's also, in my opinion, he's got to do a better job of posting up at the nail as opposed to posting up on the side. Because if he posts up at the nail, then it's going to be harder for Davis to shade. It's just it's just harder that way. If if he's in the corner and Jokic can see him and like Jokic is at the top, it's just harder to double in the middle of the floor as opposed to on the side. So Denver's got to do a better job there. And I think that they will, but it's good to see them in this spot. It's good to see them being able to talk about this after a win as opposed to a loss. That's actually the perfect way to be able to do it. Um, Next one. The poise, in my opinion, is really important too. Denver could have let go of this rope. There's a lot of momentum. The the calls that the Lakers were getting in the middle of that fourth quarter, I, I was not a big fan of. Denver let that get to their heads a little bit in that moment. 
the Lakers got back into this game. On the backs of, of those calls, uh, they made their shots. Don't get me wrong, Lakers fans, if you're clipping this, like you didn't you didn't get back into the game entirely because of free throws. But it was the timing of those free throws when Denver also wasn't able to score, where you had free throws, miss for the Nuggets, free throws, miss for the Nuggets, free throws, and all of a sudden, like all the momentum has been sucked out of the building and and you're trying to recover it on the fly because uh, the Lakers have, have slowed it down entirely and, and they're getting these calls. And that's going to happen. Like it, It's tough. Denver's going to be in foul trouble. There's no doubt in my mind. Jokic wasn't in foul trouble really this time around, and that really helped them. He was able to play 42 minutes and actually finished with four fouls. That's a good number. That's, that's what you need. He's going to have to be able to play 42 or whatever the number ultimately is. But look, if he can be out there, then everything else is kind of ancillary other than Murray. Murray getting into foul trouble is an interesting one. Like he's got to avoid fouling LeBron if he can. He's got to be stronger. He's got to defend without fouling. Give him a little bit of a pass because clearly he's a little bit sick, a little bit ill, but he's got to be stronger. And Denver can't let LeBron get right to the rim because that's just what he wants to do. He's It's going to be the best way for, for him to do it. So I think that that's going to be a factor here, but Look, KCP stepping up at that moment, making the shots that he did, including multiple threes in the second half, as well as uh, like that floater that he had over the top of Anthony Davis in the clutch. Like those are big plays, and and Denver rising to the occasion in those moments and and making big plays themselves. It's a big, big deal, and this team just has more poise and more belief in themselves, uh, more confidence in themselves, even when things go wrong than they ever have before. And I, I think they just believe in each other and they believe in what they're doing. And that gives them a whole bunch of confidence. Now, the Lakers in this situation, I I was talking about this on Twitter. I thought that this was the first time that the Nuggets ever, ever won a game one against the Lakers. It's not actually true. The Lakers won game one in 1979, which I didn't even know was a series that they played. But it was a three-game series played in the first round of 1979 where you have uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on one side and you've got the Nuggets and Dan Issel on the other. And Denver wins game one of that series and loses games two and three. The Lakers, they they doing doing their thing. They're obviously great. Uh, that was before Magic Johnson, though. So this was a big time. This was a big time performance for Denver. They could have wilted. They could have uh, crumbled in that moment where things aren't going your way. Uh, the momentum is entirely in the Lakers' favor. They were making a bunch of shots, whether it's freeze, uh, free throws, three-pointers, or at the rim. They are just making everything. And they weren't really turning the ball over either. So it was just mostly shots that they were getting up, and they all started to fall at the same time. But Denver stayed poised. They stayed together. And as a result, the Nuggets were able to survive. Uh, I do want to mention, though, Nuggets scored 37 points in the first, 35 points in the second, 34 points in the third. Only 26 in the fourth, but the Lakers' defense, this defense that the Lakers have that that was so vaunted, such a, a crazy group, it was no match. Zero. Zero match for the Nuggets in this game. Like, Denver was able to score at will, and they were able to do it uh, pretty consistently. Down the stretch, things got a little bit tighter when the Lakers made a couple of, of adjustments, but their initial plan was not good. Or, or at least it didn't work. Maybe it was good and Denver just rose above it. But I don't think that Dennis Schroeder going under screens to let Jamal Murray pull up for three is a great plan. I don't think that 
allowing Jokic to cook one-on-one is a great plan. Like They don't have a lot of great answers in this case to a team like the Nuggets. They had better answers against the Warriors. They had better answers against the Grizzlies. They do not have the answers against the Nuggets. And the fact that Denver, even when things started to get a little shaky in the second half and in that fourth quarter, the fact that they're able to step up and, and still deliver the killer blow says a lot about this group. So there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot for Nuggets fans to give credit for and to, to just be happy about. But we are going to see. We are going to see what it ultimately looks like. Um, yeah, like it's it's just it's going to be fascinating to see how this how this series evolves. I do think that winning Game One is such a big deal. That you think about what the Lakers have done in the previous two rounds, where you win Game One if you're the Lakers on the road, take momentum in that series. Now each of those teams, the Grizzlies and the and the Warriors, won Game Two. And I think mostly blowout fashion, but not 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 in the Grizzly series. That was more muted without jaw. But they still won game two, and the Lakers were full, like, fine, we're unbothered. And then they were able to defend their own home court in games three and four and go up 3-1 in each of those series. They, they lost game five at home, won game, or won, lost game five on the road, won game six at home in each of those two series. So the fact that the Nuggets have already kind of put them off kilter a little bit Give them a little bit of pause that they're not doing it the exact same way that they've done in the previous series. It makes them think a little bit and it makes LeBron who put uh, who put up 40 minutes in this series or in this game, Anthony Davis who put up 42. Are those guys going to have to play more minutes in the next game? Are they going to have to change some things up? Are they going to be more aggressive? How much more can you expect from Anthony Davis who had 40 points in this game? He could probably play better defense against Jokic, but he may not get the Jokic assignment. That may go to Hachimura. So what's going to happen with Davis is really, really interesting. And if the Nuggets face Hachimura, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to have Jokic guard Hachimura at times and just say, okay, you went 8 of 11 in the first game, 1 of 1 from 3, do it again. And, And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but if that allows Aaron Gordon to defend Anthony Davis a little bit. Maybe that slows them down a bit a bit there, but I do think that the Lakers have to answer some questions now. It isn't on Denver to rise to the Lakers level anymore. It's on the it's on the Lakers to rise to the Nuggets level. They set the tone. They set the bar for this series. You have to know that the Lakers are going to come up with some ways. They're they're going to play better at times. They're they're going to play better defense at times. But maybe Denver can too after seeing the Lakers for the first time. It, it kind of reminded me of the Suns game, where, yeah, the, the Nuggets ultimately blew out the Suns, but they could not guard the Suns for various portions of that game. So I think that Denver will adjust. I think they'll try to come up with some different ways, some different strategies, and we'll see if those work. We'll see if those don't. But uh, it's on the Lakers. It's on the Lakers to really provide that first counterpunch here. Because if this goes to, if this goes 2-0, to LA, then the Nuggets are in a great position where they just steal one of those games and then they're 3-1 coming back home. That would be great. That would be the ultimate dream for sure. So we will see what it looks like. Uh, But I think that is going to do it. Uh, Michael, can you hit that outro music for me, my friend? Everybody, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. 
What's up, Todd? Uh, oh, that was that was Freddie. What's up, Todd? Thank you for all of the support. I love it. This is uh, this is my. Uh, it's a great opportunity to be able to podcast for everybody to be able to share a lot of love. Uh, you guys are doing fantastic. Thank you for staying up with me. Forty-seven minutes, uh, one o'clock in the morning. Got over a hundred people in here. Thank you so much for hanging out. Really appreciate all the love and support. Hit that like button on the way out. We'll talk tomorrow to Harrison Vegan. Should be fun. Mm-hmm.